before we continue this first segment of our program and ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to share your word. We just pray you'll bless it, Lord. Uh, help us understand your word uh, so that we may grow in our relationship with you. And all those tuned in, Lord, we just thank you for each and every one of them. In your precious and wonderful name, amen. Amen. Thank you again. You're tuning into our program, The Truth Will Set You Free. Big Patrice and Nathan Jones, as we're talking about angelic preachers. And, of course, for those of you that follow us, we would encourage you to get your Bibles ready and go to the book of Galatians and also make up place there in the book of Revelation as we're going to be talking about this really wonderful and exciting uh, subject matter. Uh, Nathan, again, the, the topic of angels for you and I is one that is dear to our hearts, right? <laughs> and why is that? Well, I don't know, Nathan. We have some projects that we've worked on. We've talked about uh, this topic in our previous programs, and we spent a lot of time on this subject matter before to encourage people. Right, absolutely. Uh, we have taught the mighty angels of Revelation. We've taught through the mighty angels of Daniel. And so you and I have talked a lot about angels, and right now we're working on a book together called The Mighty Angels of Revelation, where we go through the 72 different groups of angels, both individual and groups, uh, that are in, found in the book of Revelation. So we're writing a book that teaches angels and also teaches Revelation, and it's exciting too. So, brother, you and I uh, seem to have covered a lot about angels not that we worship angels or think of angels uh, anything on the level of Jesus Christ, far from it. But the Bible is resplendent with angels. There's 176 references to angels. Clearly, God has angels. Exactly. And that's why, Nathan, I said these are dear to our hearts because everywhere we turn, we see the ministry of angels. Well, and I shouldn't say we see because we can't see them, but we know that they're there through prayer. <laughs> We do, and because the, the Bible says so. The Bible's resplendent with examples of angels all up and down, left and right. Uh, there are angels in the Bible. The more famous ones, of course, Michael, the archangel who protects Israel. Gabriel, who gave the message right. to both Mary and Joseph about the coming of Christ. And also uh, Zacharias, uh, John the Baptist's father. Uh, mm -hmm. There are angels that rolled away the uh, stone that at the resurrection. There are angels that ministered to Jesus in Gethsemane. There are angels that sung in the heavens when Jesus was announced uh, to the shepherds. So, yeah, the Bible is absolutely filled with angels. Yeah, and Nathan, and of course, as we talk about the subject matter of angels, we also want to clarify for people, we're not talking about the angels found on Hollywood television type of deal, right, Nathan? We're talking about the real deal according to the Word of God. That we are, yes. Not, not the angels, you know, the blonde, curly-haired guys with the dove wings and the halos and the, uh, you know, they, they come around and they, they you get a wing if you, what's that, uh, an angel gets its wings when you hear a bell rings, uh, Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life, none of that nonsense, right. no. None of that. And Nathan, and I'm glad we're trying to clarify this because we do know the ministry of angels is real. Now the Bible talks about good angels versus uh, evil angels. We, we find in the Bible we have a true gospel and then we also find uh, a, a false gospel. And actually, uh, the Apostle Paul begins to address that uh, in the book of Galatians, uh, chapter 1, uh, verses 6 through 10. And, and Nathan, this is very important because people need to understand uh, what the Bible has to say uh, about the true gospel and also the involvement of angels. So would you be able to take us, Nathan, there to uh, Galatians chapter 1, beginning on verse 6? as we tackle this subject matter of angelic preachers. 
Hey, brother, that's an excellent resource to go to, uh, Galatians 1. Perfect proof text. Let's start uh, verse 6, read through 10. I marvel that you're turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. And as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. For I do not do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Mm-hmm. Nathan, this is a serious and powerful passage. Maybe oftentimes people don't consider, in a sense, angel preachers or assisting in the gospel. But yet we find here that there's uh, uh, those that, that are teaching the false message of the gospel and then those that are teaching true message of the gospel. Can you talk to us about that? Well, what Paul's talking about here is when he's talking about the first gospel you heard, gospel meaning good news, it's the first testimony to the witness of Jesus Christ. The apostles and disciples followed Jesus for three and a half years. They testified to what he taught. They testified to his crucifixion. They testified to his resurrection. The 40 days that he stayed with the apostles after he was resurrected, teaching and preaching, they knew the truth from heaven, and they went out and they proclaimed it, and they were as... All of them, all the apostles were willing to die for it, and and all but one did. And so they knew what the gospel was. But he said, hey, there will be other people who will try to take that gospel and pervert it. Uh, People who seek to please men, uh, they're not the bondservants of Christ. In other words, they're not real followers of Christ. And there will be angels, in other words, demons, who will also try to preach a different gospel. Mm. Nathan, that's a very good point. Maybe some individuals hadn't thought about this, but we see that there, this is actually occurring today in many arenas. Well, the fact that Watch.org, a cult-watching website, says there's 1,200 different religious, religious organizations wow. and 500 cults in the United States alone shows that there is a tremendous perversion of the gospel that's been going on for since the gospel you know, came out 2,000 years ago. Satan is yeah. constantly trying to water it down, pervert it, change it, and draw men away from God. And they do that through a number of ways. And one of the ways is the teaching of, from false angels, from demons. Excellent point. And Nathan, and this is why hopefully those that are watching or listening would understand, uh, you know, we always hear people saying that they've heard a message from God, uh, Joseph Smith or others, uh, the, the Mormon church, right, Nathan? And there's actually those that, that, that talk about another gospel, yet the Bible says here that there's only one true gospel. Absolutely. It's the gospel that Jesus Christ taught, that he is the one and only way to the Father. Like John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except by me. There's Acts four twelve and other verses that say that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, both man and God, and he died on the cross for our sins, and when we put our faith and trust in him, we will be saved. And unfortunately, these other angels, these demons, are showing up in the cloak, so to speak. For instance, Mohammed believed that he had seen Gabriel, and Gabriel gave him a message, and he said that Allah 
one of the 360 gods of Mecca was actually the true God, and the people should worship him. And they Mm. deny the deity of Jesus Christ. They deny his crucifixion, saying that Judas died on the cross in his place. They say he's just a prophet, not as important as Muhammad. They water down the gospel. Joseph Smith, same thing. He is clearly not a bondservant of Christ, as as Paul says here, he went and said that an, Gabriel came to him, or Moroni, I should say, came to him and gave a, another gospel, and that's the gospel of the Mormons, which is the largest cult today. Each one perverting the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Mormons believe that one day we're all going to become gods, we'll become ascended men, and that's not at all what the Bible teaches. Excellent point. And Nathan, those are, those are incredible, uh, great resources. Uh, there was a book that I uh, also purchased many years ago. Maybe you've heard about it, The Kingdom of the Cults. And uh, just fascinating that the, the, the chapters there talking about, just like you said, all these occultic uh, false religions. And the main thing they have at the core is the demonic teaching of perverting the gospel that Jesus Christ did not come in the flesh, that Jesus Christ was just a good man, that he was a prophet. Uh, yet... The true gospel speaks of Jesus' death and resurrection, and that's what we're talking about here. Absolutely. Uh, one of the verses in the Bible talks about how how do we know a, a false teacher or an antichrist, so to speak? Uh, they're ones who deny that Jesus came in the flesh. In other words, exactly. they, they deny the uh, humanity of Jesus, uh, that he was both perfectly divine, being the son of God, and also being a man at the same time. They'll deny one or the other. Muhammad denies that Jesus is the son of God. Matter of fact, he denies the whole Trinity, whereas there's others like the Gnostics who deny Jesus' humanity by saying flesh and materialism is evil, and therefore God was, or Jesus was a spirit. Again, these deny the clear biblical teachings that God gave us about who he is and how we're to be saved. Good point. And Nathan, if we begin to water that down and if we begin to change that, then how are people going to get saved? In other words, it's almost like someone mentioned you you get in an airplane and it's one degree off its course. Well, you take it further enough and you're going to be miles away. So (laughs) same thing with the gospel. Uh, And that's exactly what Satan wants. He wants to veer people away from the gospel. Like you said, hey, you're still on the right trajectory, but being one degree off, you're going to end up at the wrong destination. Mohammed... And, and Joseph Smith and all these other cultic teachings, they're giving you a little bit of truth, but, you know, they're wrapping it in a big old lie. And that lie is always something self-serving, something that you would see in the Garden of Eden, where yeah. Satan said uh, to Moses, uh, Moses, yeah, to Adam and Eve, he tempted them, claiming that they could, they could be gods. And that's exactly. what all these false teachings teach, that we can all become gods one day. And that is a lie from Satan. Absolutely. And Nathan, again, this is very important because we see that there's a lot of deception. So when we talk about angels, I mean, right now on television, there's the program Lucifer. And I mean, right. This and people don't understand. This is this is an angel. It's fallen angels. And we shouldn't even be entertaining that. Absolutely. There's so many authors who try to paint Satan as some kind of misunderstood soul. I remember reading a Dean Koontz book years ago where the author was trying to make the case that Satan was misunderstood because the winning side, God's side, wrote the history book, so to speak, demonizing Satan to be uh, on the wrong side, where he's just misunderstood. He really has our good intentions 
good intentions to heart. Like, what? Right. Satan hates humanity with an absolute passion. He wants us destroyed. He lives to prowl like a roaring lion to devour right. us. He wants to see us drawn away from the truth of the gospel and fall a follow a false path. And why? So that we will be – he knows he's going to hell one day, but he wants as many of God's children to go along with him. Mm. And Nathan, that's an excellent point. And this is why we, as we look at this subject matter, we find all throughout the Bible. And yes, uh, uh, we find that they have an agenda. I mean, Nathan, when it talks to uh, when we when we talk about evangelism, these occultic uh, religions are doing an excellent job, right, in winning people to their lies. Well, look at the if we go back to the Mormons, they're required for for a few years to go out and evangelize being a workspace salvation. They have to. Uh, right in Islam, you have to die as a martyr. Killing the infidel is the only assurance you have for salvation. Jehovah's Witnesses—they're also required to go out and evangelize. Hey, brother, if Christians went out like the cults did and evangelized <laughs> as enthusiastically they did, the whole world would yeah. be one for Christ right now. But you know, we take this lazy, fair attitude about evangelism that well, it's just something other people do, and God can deal with it, and yeah. it's not important. But Oh, man, you make a great point there. And, it, and, and this is why we, we also have a responsibility, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Yeah, Jesus said, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And we need to be about the Lord's business. And yet we find that the church oftentimes is also asleep in this part. Now, of course, they have beautiful ministries out there uh, for evangelism, uh, such as Billy Graham, Luis Palau, Greg Laurie. And, and they're doing a fantastic job. Also, people that go out there and doing one-on-one -on -one evangelism. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm holding here one of uh, Billy Graham's books that you and I have it, Nathan, and it's uh, Angels, God's Secret Agents. And uh, he talks about here uh, the importance of evangelism. So as Christians, we do have a responsibility. Uh, the Bible does say that we're to reach the world uh, for the gospel. But yet in comparison to these occultic teachers and religions, man, they're just winning us over uh, in so many arenas. So, Nathan, I'm in agreement with you. I think we need to wake up a little bit and get more serious in this area. Absolutely. Preacher brother, you are 100% right. It's what the Bible teaches. And uh, uh, Billy Graham's ministry, other ministries, right. There are The gospel's not asleep. You know, a lot of Christians saying, well, we're in the age of Laodicea and the gospel's asleep. But man, you look in Africa, you look at China, you look Absolutely. in the third world countries, the gospel is going like gangbusters out there. It's only the West that's already gotten the gospel that we're in that third generation. You know, the first generation is excited about the Lord. The second are kind of ho-hum, and the third is apathetic, and then the fourth is outright rebellious. And we're in that third generation, that apathetic, eh, and we're starting to see a new generation rise up, and that's the rebellious. Yes, and Nathan, you're absolutely right, and we need to we need to be faithful. There's a lot of uh, organizations out there that are doing a great job in sharing the gospel, but yet, Nathan, that brings us to another point because we in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. Uh, maybe we can jump there because we know the Lord will return. We know the Lord is coming back at the rapture. We know the Lord is coming back at the second coming. But then there's some also that teach, well, uh, the the Lord can't come back until the gospel is preached uh, to the whole world. Uh, Matthew 24, 14. Will you be able to read that verse for us? And then let's talk a little bit about that. Oh, that's a famous, famous teaching of Jesus in this Olivet Discourse. In verse 14, he says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. 
Yeah. So Nathan, uh, we, we find here, yes, we know the Lord is coming back. The end will come. Uh, but some believe that the church has this responsibility to teach the gospel to everyone. Otherwise, the Lord is not going to return. <laughs> yeah. And they're not putting it in its proper context. When Jesus was answering the three questions that the apostles put him, what will be the signs that lead up to the fall of the temple, meaning 70 AD? What will be the signs leading up into the rapture of the church? the end of the age, and what will be the signs that lead up to the second coming, the end of the tribulation? We're talking about three different time periods. And Jesus answered with the same ten signs for each of the three periods, but they would increase in frequency and intensity the closer we got to each of these events. We've already yes. seen the fall of the temple, and that happened in 70 A.D., and the gospel was preached quite actively up to that time. It's continued to go on. The gospel is continuing to go to all the nations and will so up to the rapture of the church. But in this verse, the context is clearly the tribulation, that seven-year time period where God is going to judge the world with 21 judgments and bring a remnant of Israel and the Gentiles to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's when the gospel will be preached to the whole world as a witness to all the nations. That's what this verse is talking about. It's a... Uh, we don't have to – Christians today, the church doesn't have to evangelize the whole world to get right. Jesus Christ to come back. Jesus will do that during the tribulation through a number of different witnesses. And Nathan, and we bring up that point because that's very important because we hear about world mission and pushing for world mission. The gospel needs to get out there. Yeah, we understand uh, that the gospel uh, needs to be preached. We understand that. But also it cannot be looked at in the wrong context. God's prophetic plan is going to uh, be in full effect. Now, you and I also agree, as we're talking, uh, angels, yes, they are going to assist in the gospel. As we go to our Revelation chapter 14, uh, Nathan, so we can also, like, because you made a great point, uh, in the end times, that is a reference to that passage. And uh, uh, Revelation 14 there, uh, verses 6 uh, through 10, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the, the, their role in Bible prophecy and in the gospel and in the end times. Would you be able to take us there, Nathan, Revelation 14, and maybe we can share a little bit there from verses 6 up through 10? Right, right. Well, when we get to the tribulation, we'll encounter quite a number of, as you read through Revelation, witnesses for God uh, that are men. For instance, you've got yeah. two witnesses. Uh, they preach the gospel from Jerusalem for three and a half years. You've got the 144,000 Jewish evangelists saved right. out of the Jews, and they'll go around the world. The people will see the rapture of the church. They'll see the judgments of God. They'll know that God's there, and all these witnesses will be fantastic during that time. But the Bible also says that there will be angels serving the Lord in the process of evangelism during that time. Right. Yes, and Nathan, and that's why I think it's amazing here as we talk about these angelic preachers, because all through the book of Revelation, and you and I, of course, we focused a lot on that in, in, our, in our book, the, uh, God's Mighty Angel, because we see so much angelic uh, activity, good and bad, throughout the whole book of Revelation. But when we get to uh, Revelation uh, 14 there, uh, verses 6 uh, through 10, we see also these special angels that God is using. So, yeah, Nathan, if you can take us there through verses uh, 6 uh, through 10 of uh, Revelation 14, that would be fantastic. Well, verse 6 reads, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. And another angel followed, saying, Babylon has fallen, has fallen, that great city. 
because she has made all nations drunk, drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Powerful passage. And Nathan, this goes along with what you just shared in Matthew 24, that that passage in reference to the time of the tribulation, that, that it will be fulfilled, the gospel is going to go forth. Yeah, here at Lamb and Lion Ministries, we like to call this uh, angel of Revelation 14.6, the gospel angel. He is an angel that God sends from heaven, and he goes to every single person on the earth, every person, every tribe, tongue. there's nobody hidden during that time period, which will not hear the gospel proclaimed. Literally, every person on the planet will receive the gospel for the end comes, just as Jesus said in Matthew 24. Right. And Nathan, that, I think that should be a little bit of a sigh of relief uh, to Christians watching or listening. Man, we don't have to do it all. God's got a plan. <laughs> right. You know, so many people that are really passionate Christians, God bless them, are believe that the weight of the world, the uh, weight of Jesus Christ coming back rests on their shoulders. Uh, there's guys like Jack Van Impe and uh, Irvin Baxter who believe that you know they're one of the great witnesses of the end times that, that need to go out and, and share the gospel. Without it, Jesus can't come back. And there's mission boards I've talked to where they believe that right. they can't get the gospel translated into every aboriginal language out there, then, oh, Jesus Christ doesn't come back. The weight of the gospel rests on their shoulders and no, 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 no. That's not what the Bible teaches at all. Yes, we have an Acts 1-8 responsibility to take the gospel to the to ends of the earth. But God himself will bring the gospel to every single person on the planet through his gospel angel, through the two witnesses and the 144,000. Every person on the planet will get the gospel before Jesus Christ returns. And that is the great mercy of God. Uh, I love that, Nathan. And it's much like what you and I are doing. We are sharing the gospel through the airwaves. These things are recorded. They're uploaded. They're on social media. People will be able to uh, uh, find resources, you know, uh, for the gospel. And I think a lot of what we even do now is going to help with that. Uh, when the rapture takes place, all of what the materials that are going to be left behind. So I think that's, that's fantastic. Well, I think all the materials you put on twave.tv and on your Facebook uh, page, what we've done here at Lamb and Lion Ministries and our ChristandProphecy.org website and our Facebook, Christ and Prophecy Facebook group and other places, we have tried so hard to put the gospel yeah. of Jesus Christ, Bible prophecy teachings out there. And, brother, I agree. I think we will reach more people for Christ after the rapture than we will before. Now, how long the Antichrist will allow those materials to be out there? You know, right. that's up to, you know, maybe a year or two, I'm just guessing. But at least in the meantime, we know that every tribe, tongue, and nation, there will be martyrs, as we read in Revelation 6 and 7, from every tribe, tongue, and nation in the world. So clearly, the gospel will be out during the tribulation, and the church is not responsible for all those people coming to Jesus. Yeah, excellent point. And here, uh, it's, all, it's interesting. Every time I look at Revelation 14, Nathan, I'm always reminded of the... Um, there used to be this uh, paid service called Sky Angel. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> our show, Christ and Prophecy, was on Sky Angel. I still be. 
Yeah, the sky angel, and it's just amazing because we see that, that angels in the sky. Of course, today we use those uh, satellites, right, Nathan, that send the gospel out, those angels, if you will. Uh, and, but in the Bible, we notice, especially in the book of Revelation, there will be this angelic activity in the last days bringing forth the truth because there's going to be so much deception. There's going to be the Antichrist and demonic warfare uh, in the time of the tribulation, Nathan, is, is nothing compared to what we have now. Right. Now, it's it's fantastic the way the gospel is getting out there today. And, brother, I, I'm a missions minor, so I, I'm yes. all for it. I, you and I are both evangelists, you being a pastor, of course. You know, we believe firmly 100% to get the gospel out there. But the weight of getting the gospel to the entire world, as always, rests on the Holy Spirit. Exactly. And I think we, we, we just need to be faithful uh, with preaching the gospel now in whichever method the Lord has given us and then trusting that God will then uh, usher in his perfect plan to reach others. And I think, Nathan, that again, that, that brings peace of heart to my mind to know that, hey, when I pray, God dispatches his angels. They begin to do their work. Uh, around the world, in other countries, and, and that's our responsibility for now, is to pray and continue to be responsible with the gospel. Absolutely. Very well said. Nathan, I know that our time goes uh, quickly, but uh, we also know that yeah, all throughout the book of Revelation, it's just these angels are very active. Uh, one of those, Nathan, that always uh, blesses me is Revelation chapter 10. Uh, in Revelation 10, we have this uh, angel, and he's got this book, and he's got this message. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Oh, the mighty angel with the little book? Yeah, he's got this little book, and, and he's he's writes in it, and uh, he tells John to eat it. And at first it's sweet to John, yet it makes his stomach sick. And you're like, what in the world does that mean? <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's one of the, again, another angel story in the Bible. And it's actually kind of a mystery because... There are seven angels, they're called the seven thunders, and they have a message for God, but it's the only part of Revelation where it's kept secret. So, yes, the Lord wants to get the gospel out to every person, but there are some of the teachings of God which man isn't meant to know yet, and that's what's recorded in this book. Obviously, the, the judgments that come after Revelation 10, uh, the Lord does want us to know, yeah. and so they does reveal it to us, but there are just some mysteries of God that we're not meant to know yet. So... Uh, the idea that uh, someday, too, we'll, that we'll go to heaven and we'll just know everything and God will just fill our brains with all of the knowledge of eternity, that's, a not, that's not a real teaching either. The, the truth is that God's the only one who's omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient, and we'll spend eternity chasing after everything that God knows. Absolutely. And Nathan, that's why we, we see that they have these incredible angelic beings uh, in the book of Revelation, uh, assisting with the gospel and, and uh, bringing forth the truth. And, and I really believe, Nathan, uh, today uh, angels are very active. And uh, as someone was saying, sometimes we give uh, demons and Satan a little more credit than we should give uh, God's mighty angels at work because they are on our side. That is the hope. We should not fear the enemy. We should not fear the future because we have God's power and his resources at our disposal right now uh, to make a difference in this dark world. Absolutely. Yeah, the Holy Spirit's equipped us to go out and preach the gospel. You know, the people get this idea that angels are real busy in the in the Old Testament and, <laughs> and, and up until Jesus was resurrected. And then, boom, they just kind of disappeared, you know. And yet right. 
they kind of help the apostles out, freeing them from prison and stuff. But no, no, God doesn't have myriads of angels, which means uncountable amount of angels just sitting on their butts doing nothing. God is, is using them. They're active today. They're fighting Satan and his demons. And uh, they're behind the scenes. They're helping us get the gospel out. Excellent point. And Nathan, I believe that right now maybe this individual's tuned into this uh, teaching, whether it's live or uh, pre-recorded, and they're wrestling right now. There's a battle going on in their hearts and in their minds because they don't know Christ, and they are feeling those effects of, of evil around them. And, and that's why, Nathan, you and I always close by sharing the gospel because we believe when we share the gospel, God's angels go to work and help free people uh, from the, the pits of the enemy, if you will. And I wanted to see, Nathan, maybe you could, if you could share with that person on the other side that doesn't know the Lord, how they can come to know Christ right now and be set free. Well, the Lord tells us very simply, uh, believe in me and you shall be saved. You know, uh, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to believe in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the son of God. He's the only savior of your sins. And when you put your faith and trust in him, pray from your heart, something like, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my savior. And Jesus will forgive you of your sins. You will be saved from them, from the punishment. And then you will go to heaven forever with him one day. Praise the Lord. And Nathan, that is good news. And maybe you just trusted in Christ right now, simple faith from wherever you are. Please know that God loves you. He has a plan for you and your life will be changed and will be transformed. And uh, again, Nathan, this is just great, great news. So hopefully people have had a better understanding of angels and demons and the real power uh, uh, behind the believer. And hopefully now you have that power on your side and the Lord is going to help you to be more than a conqueror. So Nathan Jones, what a fantastic, fantastic passage. I want to thank you so much for giving us so many background and references that I think that's really going to help uh, individuals for the future as they continue to learn more about angels. So thank you so much, Nathan, for opening those up for us. Thank you, brother. Great topic. I'm glad you brought it up. Praise the Lord. And of course, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. Big Batista and Nathan Jones, again, we'll continue to keep you in prayer. And we want to thank you for being part of this program and uh, praying and supporting us. And of course, keep your eyes looking up. The Lord is coming back very, very soon. And we'll continue to keep you in prayer. So Nathan, thank you for being part of the program. So Vic and Nathan saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. You all have a wonderful day.